Hello, everyone. This is Matt Yankovic. Welcome you to another Hoss Talks Foss podcast. I'm Percona's Hoss, the head of open source strategy, Matt Yankovic, welcoming you to another deep dive into the open source space. We really appreciate you hanging out, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. So I'm here with Elkin today uh, to talk a little bit about VTES and what he's been up to. So uh, Elkin, you know, what have you been up to since you've left Percona? Uh, good question. I, I took some time off. Some people know, and I did sail around a little bit. After that, I have joined uh, the plan scale with the Vitesse team. And um, open source Vitesse, we have a project and I'm part of the maintainers group. We have internal and external maintainers for the project. It's a CNCF project, as some of you know. And um, it's a very busy project. It's uh, been hectic for the last six months. And uh, by being a CNCF project, we release every three months. So it's quarterly release cycle. It's pretty um, intense in terms of it. And there are no minor releases or, or other than just release candidate three weeks prior to GA. It's a push, push, push. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's fast. That's a, that's a lot I mean, of like stuff. A, we were talking about hundreds of PRs. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. And, and so with that, um, you know, so so do you do like, you know, still the community stuff on the VTES? So you're answering questions in between trying to get all these ready to go and, you know, offering people help and things like that. So so you're just all over the board, right? I am all over the board, but I'm new to VTES. VTES has uh, very significant contributors and adopters, and they are very advanced in the game. So um, knowing the database is not enough. The ecosystem is, is pretty complex when it comes down to sharding and scaling hundreds of thousands of database instances in the cloud. So it's, there's a little bit of a catch up to do. And uh, I do try to help, you know, the little bit of MySQL knowledge, little bit of the community knowledge. So it's mix and match bag and try to like wear multiple hats. Um, mostly like the developer relations. So we have internal and external developers for the Vitesse project. And uh, there is a there's a cycle of things that needs to be done with that three months, uh, you know, quarterly release cycle. It's it's a lot. And also uh, the public relations and the communications, right? The blog posts and all that stuff. So, yeah. And VTES has really just taken off. It's skyrocketed in terms of popularity. I know that there's several large organizations who are contributing and are using it in production. Can you tell us a little bit about some of those organizations? You know, maybe yeah, a few? one of the good things with Vitesse is uh, is already being adopted by very large shops, and those who actually adopt it internally, they also contribute back to the Vitesse project, and that's the beauty of it. And we don't always have to be like investing into just the Vitesse development and the and the release. We get help from the adopters and some of them are being public. Some of them are not being public. I'm not supposed, I'm not sure which ones I'm supposed to tell, which ones okay, I'm that's not. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know how it goes, but uh, the, there is one that I think it's publicly uh, announced is Slack. Slack has been doing a migration and they've actually fully cut over. And Slack has been super uh, busy with the pandemic around the world. Everyone's using it. Obviously, you know, it's yes, like yeah. They had uh, very busy systems. With this um, scalable architecture, they are able to actually migrate over and handle the load that's coming in around the world with uh, everyone's working from home, you know, you know how that goes. And um, there are some others actually uh, deployed 
uh, and and using not making very public um, announcement, but they're contributing back. So it's an open source project. You can see their names in the in GitHub and all that stuff. So, um, like I said, I there are some logos that we actually publish because they're they were permitted. But um, you know, it's um, there, there are very big shops. When I say big, big, they are big. Well, and Vitesse was originally built by YouTube, right? So to to manage YouTube. Yes. So you can kind of think of YouTube scale, and that's the type of scale that yes. Vitesse was originally designed for. Designed for YouTube and Google and that uh, Borg, their you know, internal system. And then, and also, uh, interesting uh, fact um, is that it predates the Kubernetes also. It works with Kubernetes, but it predates the Kubernetes. So it's actually evolved around the cloud, cloud with the Kubernetes. So it's interesting. And so you can use Vitesse with Kubernetes or without. Yes, absolutely. You can use without the Kubernetes. You can bare metal. You could do it bare metal or, or like the, the cloud, whatever. You can set it up, but you can also use it with the Kubernetes. So, so that's the good part of it. Okay, great. Great. Now, the most important question of maybe this whole discussion that we're going to have is where did you go sailing? So that's an interesting part uh, during the pandemic that was completely unplanned and something popped up that was um, I was watching and uh, because of the pandemic the the you know the the tourism was down in Croatia and they actually had to put out some sailboats for sale so they can actually turn around the shops for for some cash amount for their staff and and workers so i contacted them i had to wait for about 3 weeks to travel actually because i there was we were not permitted to fly and i got permissions i got business permissions to fly over from turkey to croatia and uh, did the you know transaction over there with very many difficulties like the the government's offices are closed you don't have permissions to get in and out places like sign in documents. So I hired a bunch of people to do work remotely. <laughs> and uh, basically, uh, long story short, I actually uh, bought a sailboat from Croatia and sailed all the way from Croatia, crossing like four different seas all the way back to Istanbul in about like a two month period. It took about like 60 days and, uh, you know, um, total with the transactions and all that. Then when we entered, um, interesting things happened. During that time, Greece actually closed their borders and they didn't let us actually, you know, anchor or dock. So, so we had like a very difficult crossing for nine days straight, nonstop, uh, out in, um, you know, the Ionian and the Aegean Sea. So it was interesting. I mean, that's a scary thing, right? Because there's so many people who have gone sailing or done stuff where there's no ports that will let them in. Yes, um, during the uh, pandemic, like so. for for refueling, you know, we actually refueled some places that we actually had to use, you know, like a WhatsApp communication, and then we said, okay, we're gonna be there around like five o'clock. Please bring a, a you know small tanker. We'll just refuel and just take off, not you know gonna dock. So things like that happened. I hope to actually blog about this with pictures and videos that I actually have. Wow, but it's been super busy, so didn't get a chance. Well, wow, that's that's some crazy stuff. I know that you have long been a sailing fan. So, you know, it's it's something that you've done on your time off, your vacation time. It, it's your passion, right? And everybody right. has has their passion. I know that a lot of people have the passion around open source and you just happen to have sailing and open source both. So that's an awesome, yeah. you know, combination. 
Yes. So, so what lessons have you learned from sailing that you apply to open source? It's um, it's more like sharing. Uh, a lot, a lot goes on around the uh, the sailing community about knowledge sharing, uh, help around questions. So, when we actually sailed for, um, I can't even you know um, measure maybe like seventy two hours nonstop, and uh, and our autopilot died, and it just basically burned. <laughs> it just didn't survive. It wow. overheated and it just died. And I didn't know that it would just die or or not. So I immediately got into the community and started asking questions like you would ask in a forum or other places, like on a Slack channel. And people actually started troubleshooting with me while I'm sailing. So they said, okay, go check the fuse, go check the cable, you know, measure this, measure that. We get like so much help. And when we actually uh, reached out to, you know, uh, final port, uh, we got help with community. They said, okay, find this person. They will come and troubleshoot. They took it ar- around. Before my last passage, like about like 500 nautical miles, it was actually fixed. So it was fixed less than two weeks. Uh, they took it away and rebuilt it and reinstalled it. That was amazing, actually. And, wow. Uh, yeah, and yes, it's all community. Community help. And uh, and I paid for the, the, the maintenance, you know, the staff. But uh, it was... You can't, you know, like money can't buy everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and I think that's the thing that has attracted me over the years to the MySQL and the open source community is it's been so welcoming and so um, open arms to to so many different people. And yes. It's been a really great experience to see when you can get in and help someone solve some of their issues, but also make the products better. And I think that's one of the cool things with with any open source community. Now, from a VTest perspective, as you're building out and working on the community for VTest, you know, you said it's it's vibrant already, it's it's growing, it's it, it's active. What are the things you are looking for, and where can people help get involved in VTest and in the project? Absolutely. It's actually um, one of the things that we always talk with the open source VTest team um, and almost like weekly basis is what contributions that we can get without impacting the, the, the project lifecycle. Because you, we, there's a milestone, there's a, there, there are some established goals. One of the uh, biggest thing over there is the, is the feedback testing and feedback what what usually developers like in open source developers don't experience is is the field experience like we're if we're not running you know hundreds of shards or or n number of nodes in clusters we wouldn't know the impacts of it benchmarks super uh, useful information that kind of feedback is actually makes the products better for all open source products as is you get feedback you get actually uh, improve and uh, and 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 that uh, the other thing is um vitess is a very um, mysql uh, centric um, project and um, it actually works with mariadb so we're also looking for mariadb contributor contribution and mariadb uh, adopters if there are any um, just like any other open source, we don't know if they're already using it. So, so it could be like a, some big shop in India, maybe in China, they're already like launched thousands of shards. We don't know like if that is there. So, um, And I think this is one of the areas that a lot of people don't realize that to make the open source projects better and to grow, 
you need that operational feedback. And people don't realize that that is a massive contribution, whether it is knowledge sharing just at attending a conference, giving a talk, or providing blog examples, uh, talking to people in the community, providing, you know, the environment that they're running in and the challenges that they've that they've done. People think it's only code that is a positive contribution, but honestly, code is 50% of what needs to happen. I'll tell you what, uh, even just documentation is amazing. We have a Chinese contribution from China that someone actually sat down and, and translated everything to Chinese. Oh, wow. They yeah. put it in a, a pull request, but we can't verify. So we're looking for somebody to review. <laughs> <laughs> we have nobody <laughs> to actually read that. So that's very interesting. Like that is amazing. Like if there are other people who wants to actually do translation, just documentation, right? But, yeah, you know, yeah. we're looking for someone to actually um, contribute back. So if they can review, if the information is, is good enough, we could just put it, publish it, right? So then others can actually benefit. Yeah. And I think that is the, the great thing about the community is it's crowdsourcing the project, really. And yes. there's all these different pieces and, you know, it takes all the pieces to make things work. Whether it's translation, whether it's documentation, whether it's, you know, helping solve bugs, you know, contributing code or, you know, like I mentioned, the, the contribution of knowledge and training. All these things are so valuable and, and it's, it's so interesting to see where people draw that line in their heads. Oh, I just I really would love to start with an open source project, but I don't know how to code. Well, you don't have to, right? Uh, it, most of the DBAs, and my, myself included, when I started, I learned MySQL because I had problems, right? I learned the internals because I found issues. And, and that's how most of the great open source software that we see today uh, started, right? You you see a problem. You know, Vitesse started because YouTube had a problem scaling MySQL. Yeah, there were some pain points that they actually implemented it. That's absolutely that's how it is. And, and, and so I think that's where the, the, this whole evolution of, of individual ecosystems is so interesting. And that's why you have to be so welcoming because you never know which, you know, uh, thing you're going to need next. And, and it's it spans the globe between DBAs, developers, DevOps, sysadmins, you know, even marketing people, right, who can who can contribute, you know, copy editing skills or review documentation in their local language. All of these things, you know, provide an invaluable resource to projects like VTest. So really, really, really exciting time period uh, to be in any open source community. But uh, as we know, like I mentioned, VTest is, is growing quite a bit. And yes. I've gotten quite a few questions on VTest specifically over the last few weeks uh, mm -hmm. from people in the community. And mm -hmm. I was hoping maybe we could take a second and take a step back. And maybe we should have done this at the beginning of this discussion. But when we talk about VTest, uh, people really want to know what is the use case and where should they be deploying this? Because for a lot of people, they, they, they fall into two camps, right? One is, oh, we're not big enough for VTest. The other one is, we want to be big enough for VTest. We probably shouldn't run VTest right now, but we're going to run it anyways because we've got a 100 meg database that will eventually turn into something big if we become super successful. So right. maybe help us define where the, that, that sweet spot is for where you would start looking at a solution like VTest and where it fits in into the ecosystem. We talked about some of the large organizations already. So to be politically correct over here, I think from my uh, independent uh, 
where Vitesse fits answer is you have already invested in MySQL and you have some pain points. You, you know how the MySQL um, ecosystem works, but you want to improve it. And this is where Vitesse actually fits right in because uh, it actually comes a lot of, uh, the control plane comes a lot of uh, utilities that you would actually implement yourself. Knowing those bundled in that you don't have to worry about, like the backup and recoveries, the failovers and the online schema changes, all of that you have to do it yourself, right? Uh, you have to either bring in a tool to or, or manage yourself in-house or homebrew, something like that. So all of that stuff actually fits right in if you already have some investment in investment meaning it could be some you know time and material there's some manpower already or you have actually running cluster that is somewhat um struggling not being super scalable or not ready for the prime time like you said if your company becomes successful and then what do you do then yeah and it becomes a, a pain point later so that i see with test implementation would be a proactive for like going forward. It won't be an overnight thing. There'll be knowledge, you know, uh, gaps. There'll be learning, learning curve for implementation. And there'll be also some testing and development around with this. Uh, one thing that people also ask me about is like, do I have to shard? No, <laughs> the answer is no, you don't have to shard. And we also know there are um, shops large enough they're just pointing Vitesse to their backend database, not oh. actually doing the sharding. So that we can take also as phase one approach, because then you actually adopting to a new technology, trying to implement this framework in front of your database, but not sharding. So, so Vitesse works pretty good with the uncharted database, so, uncharted so key space. What's the, the benefit of that? That's, that's an interesting use case. I hadn't run into that or heard about that before. Yeah, when, not what, many people know. <laughs> what, what, what is, what, why would you yeah, yeah. So, so, do so the sharding? Vitesse is a framework, right? So it's actually written in Go and it's, it handles connections well. It has a connection and a pooling and, and proxy in front. So you actually have, as soon as you do that, you have some sort of a connection control and a gateway, right? The VT gate, it's, it's a gateway. So you already uh, have control over your what's coming in, right? So you can actually manage that. Then Vitesse comes with integration to Orchestrator, Extra Backup, all those other great uh, open source tools that you would actually have to, you know, implement yourself. So that's two, um, or, or, or that part of that. And then the, the next step is once you're into that ecosystem, okay, now you want to, you know, shard by your customer ID. You want to shard by region. You want to do uh, GDPR. You want to do, you know, uh, geolocations. That now you're ready for the you know the the next step for the prime time right so doing all that other security and compliance things or or you want to do some somewhat of a operator with the Kubernetes then you can actually adopt to that after that because so that otherwise becomes easier as that you go becomes on. much easier once you're into that framework and that's that's the idea of doing that and um, and um, uh, topology manager adoption is also another thing. Along with the Vitesse, you bring in um, etcd or, or um, you know, Zookeeper. Some people still use console for that. So that's another component 
and uh, you know on your on your area so if you imagine uh, that architecture uh, it actually has benefits to adopt and then you're ready for okay i want to do um sharding and that's that's you're ready for for doing that okay that's what i see where it fits and um and the data size wise wise we say a shard is is good for like 250 gig around like a um, okay you know and most companies uh, as you have a lot of experience uh, uh face difficulties with uh, data size over terabyte with mysql then things yeah. start you know uh falling over so okay Great. Hopefully that answers a little bit and yeah. gives some ideas yeah. for our listeners. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> and so so we've reached VTest 9 now. So that I saw yeah. that announcement um just uh, this past week um or two ago. Uh so tell us what's in VTest 9? What's exciting? What 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 are you excited about? We are very excited about MySQL compatibility and um and the frameworks that it supports so because vitesse um, has its own gateway that actually understands and then um, interprets the queries and then sends it to the underlying um, system ecosystem mm-hmm. um, it had some uh, limitations per uh, the mysql compatibility so you you wouldn't be able to do in the past drop in your database, bring your database and, and run it against the Vitesse, right? So we are excited about the compatibility around that. So as Vitesse well as 9 introduced more compatibility. More compatibility okay. and, and more frameworks. So there are many frameworks uh, that Vitesse supports and uh, development frameworks I'm talking about. And um, and then we, we, we get more checks because those frameworks... To me, as a as a for you know as a DBA you know uh, for a quarter century, it does awkward things. You know, it's they set some flags that you wouldn't set, and uh, there are some um, they use some functionality that normal you know applications or normal database access don't use. So you need some compatibility around those. Like you run the the framework testing, and then we have actually uh, automated some of that, and then it runs through that framework with every change that we do. So, so, so are you talking, when you're talking frameworks, are you talking like ORMs or are you talking different frameworks? Can you give me an example? It, like Django, um, okay. the application, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like Ruby on Rails and, and that, that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, it's the ORM problem, really. ORM, you know? yeah, they, yeah. Uh, you probably have faced in the past, and there's like, <laughs> they'll do like a, you know, uh, some flag that's, you know, yeah. maybe even deprecated, you know, and then they don't. Uh, so that's that's very good. So we are actually focusing on that. Also, the the team has done uh, amazing stuff on the innovation and, um, and, um, online DDLs is, is also some experimental stage right now, but it's going to be an amazing, uh, feature in Vitesse. Like, um, you know, we, I call it a managed online DDL and, um, and, and also because it's, it's, uh, the thought process is sharded. So it actually handles the sharding logic on top of the regular uh, online schema change changes or online migrations, you would say. So that's an amazing uh, innovation that we're bringing in and uh, and the team is pushing forward. And also um, another integration of um, um, orchestrator integration within the Vitesse. So the, the consensus algorithms and, and choosing the best failover methodology behind the, your cluster. So that's very interesting stuff going in. 
like I said, it's hundreds. I, you know, it's, it's very difficult to say there's hundreds of stuff going in. Um, we are also um, expecting contribution from Slack on VT admin where we're going to have a new GUI, you know, oh, like wow. okay, cool. Space. There is some, but it's, it's old and, and doesn't cover every uh, scenario. So there's a new contribution coming in. So it's very exciting. Yes, there's uh, there's a lot going on. Blair sounds like it. All right, <laughs> the, blog, the blog post is very short, so I try to keep it very short so that people tend to read it. You know, the long blog posts don't get uh, as much attention. So yeah, there's a well, lot. Yeah, people have the... a very short attention span, so they want to get those quick hits, right? You know better than I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elkin, thank you for sitting down with us, telling us a little bit about VTest, the project, talking about your sailing. And uh, we appreciate you taking some time today to uh, chat with us and share with us uh, what you're working on. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time and inviting me over. All right. This has been the Hoss Talks Foss. I'm the Hoss, Matt Yankovic. I want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you'll subscribe to this podcast and listen to future episodes. We appreciate everything that you do to make open source awesome. Thank you.